I'm gonna like bring the firing squad. Well, they've no rock. everyone. Ghana, the national team, they are always complaining about something. If it's not pillows. Okay, I know they were born in France. Big debate. You had to open that kind of one. It's a good one. Welcome to the Match Fix. I'm Charles Ahenda Bengo. I'm Bruce Olua. I uh, think we have a little bit to discuss. We'll start off uh, right here at home in Africa, uh, AFCON 2019. Who's left standing? Uh, Nigeria versus Algeria and Tunisia versus Senegal. Wow, East, oh no, West versus West North, versus right? North. What happened to us? What happened to us in the East, yeah. man? <laughs> well, enough, in the East we run, we don't play soccer. Uh, the South Africans might have something else to, to defend themselves with, but Madagascar was a good surprise. Oh, yeah, for Madagascar, us. yeah, yeah. And they received a hero's welcome and they got home. So the South have something to talk about. The East we have nothing. Madag- Madagascar beat, was it Nigeria? And- Yes, yes, they beat a couple of teams and they, it was a first time for them in uh-huh. AFCON so, uh, and first time to, I mean everything was a first time for them and the president was there to watch most of their games so that was quite uh, motivating. <laughs> we didn't see our Kenyan president anywhere uh-huh. near any stadium. In <laughs> no, not even when we thumped our, our, our little brothers well, next door. <laughs> I, I think the only thing he did even congratulate the Kenyan team now that he's off social media i don't know <laughs> maybe release a press statement but that's how deplorable uh, the state ugandans had a good account yeah yeah they, they made it out of the group stages, yes they made they? out and they got a, a visit to a welcome to the state house in in kampala <laughs> the president received them though they had some small teeth in regards to allowances but i think they resolved it and they were paid their allowances so mm-hmm. uganda have something to celebrate it's the kenyans who came back with uh, really little or no fanfare whatsoever oh man it's sad but only how many homegrown players were still there i think we had like is it three in the whole squad Apart from the goalkeepers, um, we, we had quite. I think the majority of our players were homegrown. I'm not, I, I, oh, I oh, not homegrown. I mean, like playing in Kenya. I think most people were playing outside. We uh, uh, Matasi was playing from Kenya. Ethiopia. Though. He's playing oh, he in, Ethiopia. in Ethiopia. Oh, he went to St. Yeah. George, right? Yeah. yeah, but they didn't look like they're playing professional soccer. <laughs> by the way, they were I performing. So that, that, I mean, that was going to be my little excuse, if there is yes. one, that. Uh, if you have guys coming from all these different places, Siju, um, who's the striker? Olunga? Is it? Olunga is Olunga playing, is playing in, Japan. in Japan. Siju, somebody else is somewhere else. Of course, Wanyama is in uh, Wanyama is was in nowhere to be seen. His performance was, <laughs> was, was below lackluster. But how, these guys can't gel in it because they're always coming from different places. No, I mean, if you're like Brazil and Argentina, but even then, most of those guys play. Exactly. In, in, in if you look at the entire Senegalese squad, I think 90, if not 100%, are playing professional football outside Senegal. But they're all in like France, maybe a little bit England. You know, so they can still meet up. They can still have a match somewhere there, a training session. You know, there's no us. excuse for a small <laughs> performance. There is no excuse for visual performance. I mean, we Kenyans, we had the yeah. team in, in, in France for almost a month. Yeah, yeah. They were Who's in camp. Like, yeah. why are they in France? They should go to, like, Dubai, somewhere where it well, matches the temperature, the weather. Now, those are the questions. <laughs> I think because our coach was French, 
Uh-huh. He thought that he would uh-huh. be able to exert maximum. <laughs> he wanted to spend some time at home. Yes, right? and he didn't even come back with the team. I think he took <laughs> off to France, uh, knowing what he he undid. I don't think I cannot even use the word "did." <laughs> what he undid to the Kenyan team. So I, I think as Kenya, we need to forget about soccer and focus uh-huh. on athletics. It's a shame, man, because we have, especially in this area of ours, Western Kenya, we have so much talent. You yourself, you could have been playing, eh? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, because if you look at other countries, like in, in uh, West Africa, these kids go to Europe at a very young age. So uh, the level of professionalism and yeah. skill and, and uh, all that is in, it's imbibed in them at, at a very mm. early age. Yeah. In Kenya, most of our players start playing professional football after high school when they're 19, 20. <laughs> At that time, that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem with Kenyan football. I think we need to invest more in, uh, in youth football. Mm-hmm. Uh, facilities us. as well. I mean, how yes. many decent facilities well, in terms of, uh, have access to? Okay, we have the pitches. You know, the beauty of football, <laughs> that's why it's a global sport. You just need a ball and an open field. <laughs> but when you're playing competitive soccer, then you need much more than that. Mm-hmm. You need a uh, well 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 trained coaches so that they can be able to uh, identify yes all that which we really don't have because even where i play football uh these kids I, they don't have a coach a well trained coach mm. to be able to now start giving them that kind of technical Tactics, training and all that yeah, and all yeah. that so you find that in as much as there might be natural talent it it never uh, uh, realizes its potential when it mm. gets to those higher levels of of, 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 of of football, competitive soccer. So, I mean, uh, if, we, if we go back to, to Kenya's AFCON campaign, I mean, um, the first match was against Algeria. Algeria. Beaten 2-0. It was but an embarrassment. I heard, the, I heard them talking to, like, the players um, saying that, you know, a lot of it was nerves as well because Kenya's not qualified since when, 15 years ago? Yes, was it 2004? Yeah. And um, so these guys had no experience, no, you know, it's like they're seeing this for the first time. They were like, you know, rabbits in headlights. So they, I think there was like a bit of nerves. And of course, Algeria is like a well-known, well-drilled team. So they were able to capitalize on that. Um, and I think for the Tanzania game, they were a bit more fired up, of course, because it's a, it's a local derby as well. Um, so I think that's why they were able to perform, and maybe Tanzania is a, at a similar level, maybe to Kenya. So it was a bit more of a closer match. Obviously, the, the score bore that out. Um, but then you know you go to the final match, that Senegal match, and we just completely outclassed. They had like no possession. They had just Olunga isolated up front. They were just knocking the ball to him, not even accurately. He was going to the corners when he's in the middle, and. They were, there was just no cohesive play. I think they had a f- couple of you know good shots, which you know any team can get in 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 a match. But in terms of passing it around, cohesive play, they just seemed outmatched. They seemed you know weaker than the Senegalese players. I mean, w- what's going on? What what do Kenya have to do to to get to that level? Because you know these guys, the West Africans, traditionally are quite strong, right? Senegal, Cameroon. Nigeria, then of course the North African teams, they tend to be well organized, they have some, a couple of skillful players, but you know, no one that really stands out, but as a team, they're just able to be so much better than us in the East. What do we need to do to match, you know, our brothers in the East and the West? South Africa as well, I mean, you know, traditionally not a very strong team, but even they were able to, to put a performance together and, and get to the knockout stages. Um, what do we in the East, and specifically Kenya, because I really think Kenya kind of the, the, the powerhouse, you know, not just in terms of economics, but even in terms of sports, you know, if you go to 
athletics and whatever, you know, were traditionally quite strong. What do we need to do in football to to just bring us up to that level and, and just to compete? I'm not saying we're going to win, but to compete. Well, I think we need to uh, give up on football <laughs> and focus on athletics. Because... <laughs> I am Ambrose is like bring the firing squad. Well, there's, there's no <laughs> rocket, everyone. <laughs> there's no rocket science to to developing a competitive sports mm-hmm. in any uh, any discipline. Mm-hmm. And in Kenya, seemingly we are unable mm-hmm. to develop grassroots soccer. We are unable mm-hmm. to develop youth soccer. This is what is required. We are unable to provide uh, better technical training mm-hmm. and nutritional support uh, both to the coaches and to the teams. Mm-hmm. So if we can't do that and we seemingly are unable to do that, then we'd rather focus on athletics. <laughs> and we are doing everything right in athletics. Mm-hmm. We know what needs to be done. It's, it, it doesn't require a genius to know what <laughs> needs to be done to get Kenyan soccer to a level where you can be able to compete with other countries. Mm-hmm. Uganda is doing much better than us. If you look at the games, Uganda played mm-hmm. better soccer. Yeah. We were only better than Tanzania, but Tanzania was abysmal. <laughs> so we're comparing sure. ourselves to the worst. I mean, it doesn't really make sense. So we have two options. We do what needs to be done, get rid of that howler, uh, elect a, 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 a much more uh, responsive uh, federation, get rid of corruption in sports, invest in youth soccer, mm-hmm. uh, invest in uh, training of our coaches, especially at the grassroots coaching. These are simple, basic things that any successful footballing nation is doing. We seemingly are unable to do it, and we will not do it. <laughs> So let us focus on athletics. We are doing much, much better there. <laughs> okay, if anyone from uh, any of the footballing authorities, you've had it, dismantle the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, for <laughs> fans, the you, there's this joke that goes around, uh, I think, the Tanzanian Football League, when there's a fan complaining that it is us, the fans, who, who feel the pain, mm. because we invest mm. emotionally, yeah. and when the teams lose, we're the ones who are hurt, we're the ones who... Mm. We endure all this Even financially, trauma. I have friends who, who went to all the way to Cairo, all the way to Egypt to watch, and then you get that kind of Well, uh, Kenya right? helped them in a way that they saved their money, so they came back sooner <laughs> and later. The, the, the thing is, let us just focus on where we have strength. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, we can't be all things to, to all disciplines. We are not as as resource-endowed as maybe the Western countries that mm-hmm. can be able to devote resources to each discipline mm-hmm. so let us focus on athletics <laughs> and be we are world beaters there we are we are a, a country to reckon with there let us focus there well, in sports let us re- return to armchair, armchair uh, fans let us focus <laughs> on the english premier league and those leagues where those countries have invested resources to ensure that they have the best mm-hmm. well well yeah i respectfully disagree there but I think that's a, a debate we can have, uh, you know, to infinity. But um, what I'll do, we'll, we'll move on. Um, out of those four teams still left, who, who do you think has the biggest chance, you know? I mean, I think Nigeria have had quite a rocky preparation as well. I think they were almost on strike as well, and I think that contributed a little bit to the, the um, defeat they had. Yes, and the rocky start yeah. also. They lost their final... Uh, uh, League game was it their final group game also? Mm-hmm. Uh, Senegal were joint favorites with Egypt, so Senegal is still there. Yeah, Senegal as much as yeah. I've watched Mane their games. For yeah, well. I've watched their, their game, uh, their games, a couple of games, and I'm really not convinced that Senegal is that good. 
Uh, frankly, I am not too impressed by the quality of football in Afghanistan. <laughs> but uh, Senegal is there still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd want to put my money on Algeria. Mm-hmm. I've watched their games. They've played very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a solid 360 degree team. Uh, a good star, Mares. Mares was even substituted in the, mm-hmm. the last game. And uh, that means they can actually afford to play without him. So the team is not built around Mares. Good, yes. Yes. Depth, huh? Yes. And, of course, uh, Nigeria, after beating Cameroon, I have to... I mean, all these teams, except Tunisia. I have not watched Tunisia <laughs> play. And I really don't like Tunisia. I, so I've been to Tunisia. It's a them. beautiful country. But yeah, I don't well, know any Tunisian well, player. it's beautiful, but they are players. <laughs> Look, the, the CAF Champions League final, uh, was it Esperance was accused of... Of, of 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 corruption of, uh-huh. of bribing the match officials mm-hmm. and they have done that i remember the the last uh, 1987 and gore played against experience tunisia in the uh, mandela cup final mm-hmm. those tunisian players were uncouth <laughs> for lack of a better word i don't bringing, like tunisia are you bringing up a 30 year yes it is a grudge that we cannot forget those are players they <laughs> squeeze your balls they they, they punch your face. I mean, they're not playing football. That's, that sounds like Arsenal before no, Wenger no, came no. in. Before Wenger well, came in. Well, well, those, we're uh, that's your Arsenal. We're not talking about Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, 30 years ago. <laughs> well, for me, that is the experience I have with Tunisia. Yeah, so, enough, and I don't enough. think, even the, uh, Raja Casablanca, the team they played against mm. uh, last month in the CAF, Cup, Morocco, uh, right? Yeah. Morocco, yes. Mm-hmm. In the finals, they have nothing beautiful to say about Tunisian <laughs> teams. It's not a personal thing. Ask anybody from any country apart from Tunisia, <laughs> and the little Tunisians are the most uncouth <laughs> footballers on earth. So, and I'll I'm say really, again, it's a beautiful. I've been there. It's a beautiful country. Well, yeah, maybe the guys are a bit rugged. They're a bit rough and we are ready to I'm, fight. I'm, 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 if actually, I'm confident with any of the three teams winning, just not Tunisia. <laughs> Uh, you had it there, ABT, anyone but Tunisia. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'd echo a lot of that, actually. Senegal, I think, um, obviously, traditionally, a very strong team. Um, I think, they have, you know, Mane up front is a very potent threat. But also the back, of course, they've got Koulibaly, who's just, you know, a beast. I think he's the best player yeah, in this tournament. complete beast. I can see why Napoli have slapped a 100 million euro. Yes. Close, so that uh, Manu, Manchester afford him. <laughs> I don't think he'd want to come to Manchester anyway with the rain over there. But um, yeah, I think I, I echo that. I don't have any strong um, bias. I mean, if Tunisia win it, you know, at least it's somewhere that I've been that I can say, but they don't have a good reputation, obviously. So who knows? I'm going to put it on Nigeria, seen as loads of my. My fellow brothers, um, yeah, and Af- in-laws Af- as well. My yeah. in-laws, I forgot to say that. Sorry, Joe and uh, Obi. But yeah, I'll, I'll put my 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 coin there. Nigeria. On Nigeria. On Nigeria. Yeah. yeah, Nigeria is Africa's favorite team, I guess, because of <laughs> historically Nigeria has always had the most colorful uh, team, African yes, team. Yeah. So the flair, the Nigerian flair, yeah. and uh, a couple of most of the African stars are mm. in Nigeria. So Your guy, Iwobi, Iwobi is there. Yeah, right? yes, of course. <laughs> I obviously have a bias for for uh, a team that has a national player. There, there's no other Arsenal players in the other teams. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So well, Iwobi, as long as he's playing, I will have a bias for Nigeria. <laughs> we'll um, talk a little about a little bit about the Women's World Cup. I managed to catch a couple of games. Um, 
Brazil, who are, I think, one of the favourites. They have, like, the best player, arguably, in Marta. Went out pretty early, didn't they? Um, and then, I think, for me, the best game was the England versus USA in the, in the semi-final. That was... I watched that game, and, of course, I, I was rooting a little bit for England. Um, and it was, it was... It was a thrill. It was quite a thrill. I mean, I think USA were more organised, but... England definitely had that passion and that drive, and they they really put it to them. I think what was the score in the end? It was uh, two one. Two one. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it was two one in the first like thirty minutes. Um, and yeah, it was. I don't know, man. It was it women's football. I've watched it a few times before, and sometimes it's a bit, <laughs> a little bit behind. I'll be diplomatic, but I think they're really coming along. I think uh, the, the standard has improved uh, markedly. Um, I think yeah, England were unlucky to to go out. Um, I think they had a they had a goal ruled out for offside. Then they got a penalty, um, and then um, through VAR again. But it was such a tame shot. I think the they gave it to the captain to take. It was like the a defender, but you know their top scorer, um, the striker, didn't take it. Well, I don't know what was going on there. Um, but yeah, as I said, it was a wild semi final. The USA like, really kind of were the more experienced, more organized, but England really gave them a run for their money. Um, I don't know, what did you think of the whole, the whole tournament? In any international tournament, I start, uh, I actually enjoy that tournament once England is out. <laughs> so you didn't watch until the final, basically. No, I, I, was, I, was, I was ecstatic because the English press would be all over us. You know the, the press and the years. team are two different things. I don't Come care. On. How would I know? How would I know the difference? Because <laughs> I am a consumer of news. So no, consume I, the game. Don't consume the. You know the rest is noise. That is the Apart problem. from us, obviously. That right? is the problem. After the game, the news will uh-huh. still be loading it over <laughs> us for the next four years. And the English women are the best in the world. Uh-huh. England was second best, even in the semis. They gave the US the, the uh-huh. toughest uh, test. But the U.S. were in control of the game and were the better team. No doubt about it. No, and in, in, England started off, I think they're it, the ones that scored well, first. The uh, right back was quite good. I think where it was lost was in the midfield. I think England weren't able to kind of hold that midfield. Exactly. Which you could, you could say a similar thing with the USA and they were just able to take their chances better. Um, England also had chances that the goal disallowed as well. I think that last, especially that last, what, 20 minutes, they were really pushing for the goal, and the USA were on the ropes. You know, it was like a boxing match. The, the favourite was on the ropes, and, the, you know, the contender was getting in there with some shots, but they just a- weren't able to land that killer punch, take it to extra time, and then... But anyway, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah, I um, like the way you use the word favourites and contender, because it really <laughs> describes how the teams were. The US were the favourites, it was a better team, and England uh, were a contender, and they well contended. <laughs> and, and the final, what happened in the final? I was too distraught. Well, to the watch. Netherlands were... The surprise packet. They mm. they are the current European champions. Yeah, yes, yeah. So well, they, they 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 tried their best, but at the end of the day, the US are the overwhelming favorites, yeah. and you could see the level of professionalism, and there was just some difference in terms of the the US spent so many chances in the first half. In the first thirty minutes, the US, mm-hmm. US could have scored like three or four goals. Mm-hmm. So in the end, well, form form favored the the best, the better team. Mm. And the US uh, more or less cruised to a 
too, I wouldn't say easy, but a, a, a comfortable victory yeah, yeah. in the final. I mean, that's the fourth, is it the fourth title now? Yes, and third in a row. Wow. But the news was not even uh, on the pitch. It was uh, the co-captains, uh, row with uh, uh, Donald Trump. With Donald Trump. <laughs> which really... <laughs> Who hasn't had a row with yes. Donald Trump? Uh, and also their, 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 their campaign for equal pay. Mm-hmm. Because it, and, uh, surprisingly in the U.S., uh, women's soccer is much more uh, competitive than in mm-hmm. the world. But again... Uh, the national teams, the U.S. national team generates more revenue than the the male national team. Secondly, <laughs> the U.S. the female national team has more successes on the pitch wow. than the male team. So, and they earn I think a quarter of what the male players oh, earn. Wow. So there's there's been all this campaign for equal pay that the the, the women's team should at least the national team mm-hmm. be paid get equal pay with the male team. So that was a big headline. In mm-hmm. fact, I think when the trophy was being presented, that the chance when Infantino was going to the pitch to present the trophy of equal pay, equal pay, <laughs> equal pay, and they deserve equal pay. Yeah, yeah, and, by the sounds of it. I mean, yeah. Yes. And obviously, Rapino and Trump, when Trump told her to win first, and then she ended up winning the winning the World Cup first. And the golden Golden boot yeah. and golden ball. I mean, basically, best wow. player and top scorer. She, how, how she won penalties, everything. Though? How many penalties, well, it, that, Those are details. Yeah. Those are details. Asterisk, yeah. Yes. <laughs> she, she, she gave it back to Trump in the best way possible. <laughs> Trump has not said anything. He just congratulated the team and he focused on other things. <laughs> I think he decided to now insult the the, 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 the British ambassador. Yes. <laughs> Rapino did him ten nil. Well, anyway, congrats to the to the USA women's team, uh, and yeah, good luck on your on your uh, campaign equal pay, for equal campaign. pay as well. Yes. So uh, next up, we're going to talk a little bit about transfers. So I mean, it's been it's a bit crazy actually at the moment because there's so many rumors flying around. Um, Particularly with Manu, I don't know how many. I think the whole of Europe has been linked to Manu at one at one stage. Um, I think Arsenal. There was some like rumors about There's players nothing, leaving, but nothing. Nothing's come to, <laughs> in, nothing. in or out, right? We want to buy. We want to buy Zaha. We are offering him half the team <laughs> and some money. Our, our captain has refused to go to the US. Or the <laughs> There's nothing happening in Arsenal. Maybe other teams. Talk about other teams. <laughs> nothing to discuss in Arsenal. Well, I mean, we can. I was going to start off first with uh, Juventus. Juventus seem to have like outsmarted everyone when it comes to transfers. They've got um, the Ligt is supposedly very close to signing with them. They beat off Barcelona, Manu, some other guys. Um, I mean, of course, they've already got Ronaldo, Dybala, um, and some other people as well. I mean, Juventus... And Ramsey. Ramsey, that's the other Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, Juventus are doing so well. I mean, when they need to spend, they spend, but then they can also get, you know, nice little free... um, Free agents, free agents like Ramsey, Chan. Chan was also a yes. a free agent. A bunch of other people as well. All free agents. No money. They, I think Juventus, at their transfer policy, I think they've had the best transfer policy comparatively. If you look at all the big teams, they've spent the least amount of money and got the best quality. Mm-hmm. So value for money, except Ronaldo, which they really, I think, broke the bank to get. Mm-hmm. The other players have really come at little or no, no cost. Mm-hmm. For the other teams, uh, the transfer market this time is tight. Uh, players are extremely expensive. We have not seen so much activity yet. A lot of rumors, 
not too much activity except the Barcelona transfers. I think Barcelona mm-hmm. is the one that have done at least two big name signings now with the Griezmann, Griezmann and the uh, and the uh, Frankie Frankie De Jong, yes, yes, yeah. De Jong. Uh, Man City has not done any. Man United have bought some player. I think we bought yeah, Wan Bissaka, of course. Yes. Um, who else did we buy? Um, oh yeah, James Daniel James, but that's non entities really. As well as usual, bought some uh, underage kid again who is hoping to be a world beater. Man, I don't even want to talk about the transfer season. It is so depressing for me. As a national fan, it is depressing. I I don't know what's going to happen. But anyway, I think it's going to heat up now. Uh-huh. That uh, the well, Neymar is angling to ro- to go back to Barcelona, Barcelona. isn't it? But I, don't I think, think he the money. he got saved, so maybe. Oh yeah, so that yeah. there might be some divine intercession. <laughs> will, will that save him from diving every game? Yeah. Like, let's that's... wait and see what's going to happen. So, if he's going to go back to Barcelona or stay at uh, PSG. Frankly, I think the PSG experiment has collapsed. Yeah. Well, has I, failed, I, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I hear they're, like, they're, they're open to him going back, but obviously they want to money. either recoup money. I know Barcelona, I don't think they have the money, but they're offering a whole bunch of players, probably Dembele, Coutinho, and somebody else, plus a bit of money might push that deal. But if he goes back, where does he fit in? I mean, okay, I know Suarez is maybe, you know, starting to decline, but they've got Griezmann and Messi. Where does... And uh, the young, yeah. Barcelona is trying to rebuild and recreate their team. Mm-hmm. I think they are trying to reduce the dependency on Messi mm-hmm. and build a much more stronger team yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that can be able to. Well, I think that has been their failing. If you look at the last two or three seasons of the Champions mm-hmm. League, if Messi doesn't click, the team collapses. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're trying to add spine to the team. They've been buying a couple of uh, seasoned veterans who have really not really helped much. Mm-hmm. I think they initially their plan was to build around Messi. Now I don't think they're doing that in terms of building, getting mm-hmm. players around Messi. De Jong is a player on his own, uh, and his own right. Very strong. Uh, very strong. Do you know what I read somewhere the other day? De Jong, his, his initial plan was Ajax, then Arsenal, and then Barcelona. But it's like yeah. Barcelona. Coming. No, it's it's that it's that Arsenal is dead. <laughs> no, but like, see, we these young players dead. still want to come to Arsenal. Which one? See, they don't want it to come to Arsenal. Wanted. No, in. I don't think he wanted to go to Arsenal. <laughs> now that was his plan, maybe a year or two before when Arsene Wenger was in Arsenal. Now we have Unai. Actually, the, 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 the um, law for Arsenal was he wanted to follow, he called it the Overmars route because Overmars was also at, uh, at Ajax, then he went to Arsenal, then he went to Barcelona. Yes. So you guys should capitalize on that. Man. No, that, that was, that was the Arsenal of Arsene Wenger. There's a very big difference. Uh-huh. All young players wanted to play under Arsene Wenger mm-hmm. because he's the best coach for young players, uh-huh. not Emery. Uh-huh. Nobody wants to come and play for Emery. <laughs> Who wants to come and play for Emery? No one. Arsenal is dead. I mean, we are not going to be even in the top five this coming season. Ish, Look, our wow. own captain refuses to go to the US to play. Our <laughs> own captain, he wants to go by force. Or oh, he, he wants, wants to, to leave. Huh? He wants to leave. The Arsenal uh, story is over. Oh, man. I, All I, players I'm want to go. feeling sorry for you now, man. No, you don't feel sorry for us. We are not even feeling sorry no, for ourselves. No, for you, for you, the fans. Why are you feeling sorry fans. for me? I am depressed. But... <laughs> I think Ambrose needs a hug. Anyone, anyone out there? Any uh, other that, Arsenal yeah, fans? We shouldn't talk about Arsenal. There's nothing absolutely to talk about Arsenal. 
Okay, okay, let's move on. I think I think that's it on transfers. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll hear something next week. Something big will have happened with. Yeah, maybe not with Arsenal, but <laughs> no. Maybe Manchester might buy somebody. Not Arsenal. But we. I can assure you. I can bet my bottom dollar that there is nothing spectacular that is going to come out of Arsenal. Believe, believe. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think that, that leads us nicely on to other sports. Um, so I think the other thing that's been happening is the NBA. Of course, we had um, the finals um, a few weeks ago, um, which uh, the Raptors won, I think, as we predicted. Yes, <laughs> as we there were three one up at the, the last time we talked. Yeah, so. I, I told you they win it in game six, <laughs> and they win it in game six. I told you. <laughs> But then um, I think immediately after that, um, there was the free agency period. And this was a, a pretty loaded free agency class because so many good players, most of them beginning with K, you know, Kyrie, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, um, all of these were, were free agents and were able to open to sign for other teams. And the way things have fallen, it's, it's been quite juicy. I mean, I think Kevin Durant and, uh, and Kyrie Irving have teamed up in... In Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, which has been uh, really interesting because the New York Knicks were really gunning for these two and they missed out completely, not just on them, but on any other free agent of, of, uh, of note. Um, Kawhi, after winning, you know, a title for not just for a, a, a team, a city, but for a country, yes. for Canada, decides to go back home to L.A., but not with the Lakers, with the Clippers. And he pulls this other guy. Paul George uh, with him as well out of Oklahoma and they've had to just basically rebuild everything Um, so it's been quite crazy and now I think what's been happening we have a whole bunch of teams with two players two really good players two really good players and then some supporting cast so I think uh, this NBA season is going to be really interesting um, coming up Um, who's going to win it who do you think will win it? LeBron or uh, Kawhi? Because there's no point talking about the teams, it's the players yeah, now. Though. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Team LeBron, of course. Where LeBron goes, I go. So, <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> there's, a, there's a name for them, but I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to say <laughs> on air. But uh, um, yeah, even me, I think uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really rooting for LeBron. I think he's got that whole legacy thing going. So I really want him to get as close to. He who shall not be named, because you know, yes. if I say it, there's a hey, there's a lot of fanatics for not just for MJ but for Kobe. People are saying, hey, why why are you leaving Kobe out of this? You know Kobe's what what people don't understand is that LeBron has been able to build a a, a, a name and a reputation. If I can use that word, outside basketball, these mm-hmm. charity events. So uh, even politically, he's a much much stronger voice. So he is bigger than basketball. Uh, MJ was big in basketball. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been very big in basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but LeBron is bigger than basketball yeah, in terms of what he does outside the court. But let's let, let's not let, let's not bash Michael too much. No, we're not bashing Michael. Okay, well, yeah, let's, that's what I'm let's, let's not if, let, let's elevate Michael as well because you know he was the first like truly global superstar. I mean, he he also the whole uh, Jordan brand as well. There was nothing like that before then. I think Nike were literally built off the back of Jordan, 
Um, he, also, he also has so many other business interests. He's also been quite charitable as well. Um, but maybe he doesn't... I think he comes from that old school vibe of I'm not going to talk too much about, you know, all these other good things I do. I'm just going to let the actions do the, do the speaking as well. But I get what you mean about LeBron as well. LeBron has been... He's been like a pinnacle. He's like a pillar of, of culture and, and so many other things. That, as well. that for me is really the difference. And mm-hmm. we need to just appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. It is not a competition. It doesn't <laughs> need to be a comparison first that true, true, we have yeah. to compare the, uh, Michael Jackson's chart. Not Michael Jackson. That Jordan, Jordan uh, gave 10 million to charity and LeBron has given 5 million. No, we are talking about. LeBron has been larger in terms of, uh, as you mentioned, culturally in terms of in, in politics, yeah. in, in, in charity, in terms of being, creating a positive image and encouraging mm-hmm. uh, the black community and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's why I like LeBron, that yeah, he's, yeah. he's transcended basketball mm-hmm. and he's been able to use his influence beyond basketball. Yeah. So on, 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 the, on the court, then you can use those statistics to compare the <laughs> players, but outside the court, of mm-hmm. course... LeBron has done much more than the other players. Yeah. Just that. Well, yeah, anyway, I think it's pretty obvious the match fix is rooting for, for LeBron this season, but I think I think uh, Kawhi and Paul George and the Clippers are going to run them close. They have a good coach as well. And a good organization, quite stable, because this whole Kawhi and um, Paul George deal, nobody knew it was happening until it happened. It's like it happened and everyone's like, what? Well, all the commentators are like, What's going on? What's going on? They kept it quiet. But I think when Kawhi was talking with um, the Lakers leadership and they talked to Michael um, with Magic Johnson, who, had, who left actually a few months ago, you know, it's like as soon as Magic steps out of that meeting, he's like, hey, everybody, I talked to Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, I told him. And then that, Kawhi must have been like, oh, what's going on, man? These guys can't keep their mouth shut. They can't keep a secret. I'm not going there. So, I don't know, man. I think LA is the better team in some ways. They're, well, they're better superstars, but Clippers are, are definitely a better-run organization. And they always say an organization is what wins championships, not a, not a team. But we'll see, man. Good we'll for LA. They have for... two strong teams <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to root for. Definitely. Good for them. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I was going to talk about tennis as well now. I mean, I think the big thing is Federer, Federer is into his 12th. Is it the 12th Wimbledon final or something like that? Yes. I'm He's still going 37, man. How do, you, how do you do that? Like, tennis is not an easy game, you know? Somebody <laughs> said that Federer is the greatest tennis player of the modern era. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, this proves agree, that man. claim mm-hmm. that he's one of the best yep. uh, tennis players. And he beat Nadal as well. And he beat there. Nadal. But Nadal has never been good on grass. Nadal is king of clay. Yeah. Beyond clay, he's just any other <laughs> tennis player. No, he's won quite a few champions. How he's won many? Like a couple of Wimbledon. How, he's, he's of, two, he's how two, many grand slams does Nadal two, have? He's two and grand how slams many? behind... Federer. How team. many how many Paris <laughs> opens has he won? As okay, a percentage like of the <laughs> it's like ninety nine percent. So well <laughs> Well I mean, as 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 one well he might be two behind Federer because he's consistently won the French Open. Yeah, yeah, and sure. Federer as as he aged obviously uh the Grand Slams have reduced. Mm-hmm. But in terms of style and play and everything, talk to any tennis Swabby, player, yeah. they'll tell you Federer is the cleanest, most lovable, 
most likable <laughs> tennis player, most professional yeah. tennis yeah. player you can come across. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just ticks all the boxes. Mm -hmm. He is a gentleman of gentlemen in tennis. <laughs> Yes. Today is funny, man. We're agreeing on a lot of things. Right? Yes. I think there's something wrong with the air. No, there's nothing Eugene, wrong with what did you do? Yeah. I think Eugene, our producer, is like, is like dosed the air. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with agreeing. There's nothing wrong with agreeing. If something is good, it is good. No, yeah, yes. true, true, true. Yeah, we can't. So, but again, on the other side is Djokovic, who has been Oof. arguably the best player in the last two or three seasons. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a tough final. Even I will yeah. give the edge to uh, to to Federer for, because of experience, but, I, but uh, Djokovic will have something to say about it. So <laughs> let's see. Yeah, um, I mean, Djokovic has 15... Is it 15 slams? He's not, he's not very far behind. So it'll be interesting. I'll be rooting for Federer, but I think, I don't know, Djokovic, man. Djokovic has been the man for a Yeah, for a the last while, two or three so. seasons he has been And he's man. younger as well, but... And stronger, obviously. Still, but Federer is slick, and this is grass. Still, yeah, yeah, true. But let's wait and see. It will be, mm -hmm. be, be a good match for the neutrals. Yeah. Perfect for the neutrals. True. Um, and then on the other side, of course, the women's game, Serena as well, is also chasing her records. She's into the final. Um, I'm rooting for her, but I think the bigger story there was this girl, um, this young girl, Coco Golf, Corey yes. Golf, who's 15 years old. Ambrose, tell me, 15 years ago, what were you doing? No, don't compare <laughs> me to the lady. Oh, that is unfair. <laughs> you can't say that. I, mean, I didn't have parents. I was, I was living in Florida, and I'm not a lady. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just asking like 15 but, years ago. Look, these, 15 years ago is not a long time ago. These people are deviations from the curve. <laughs> you can't ask me, let's say Michael Jackson was, was performing when he was six years old, yeah, yeah, and you ask me what I was doing when I was six years old. <laughs> that is an unfair question, you know. <laughs> I mean, when I was 15, I think I was playing a lot of PlayStation. I was not doing much. Yeah, I was, I was playing, running around. Playing a bit of football, running yeah. around. These kids start playing tennis mm. the moment they start walking. Yeah. They are taken to tennis academies. I think she's from Florida, yes? I think so, yes. Yeah, Florida has all these tennis academies. All these American players, mm. most of them you'll find, are from Florida. <laughs> they have so many tennis academies. Yeah, Florida yeah. has all year-round weather. So these kids start playing tennis the moment they walk. By the time she's 15, she's going for Wimbledon. She has played over 10,000 hours of competitive tennis. <laughs> so you cannot really call her. She might be 15 in age. But in terms of... In terms of yeah, She's 25. Yeah. yeah, in terms of experience, in terms of the amount of competitive games she has played, uh -huh. she has much more experience than many 25-year-old yeah. Kenyan tennis players. True, yeah. Yes, yeah, so... Crazy, using her as comparison might be a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing at Eugene? No Ambrose, you're special. Yeah. You're still special to us. Um, but yeah, no, congrats to, to Coco Gauff at 15. To yes. she, has, uh, uh, she has definitely announced her arrival. Yeah, crazy future. International tennis. And she has, obviously, she's going to get a lot of sponsorships which means money, which means she'll be able to play mm -hmm. more qualifiers and maybe even play a couple of more Grand Slam tournaments now. Yeah, and I, what I like her about, about her actually was um, not just like how she was playing, but just her demeanor. She was so calm. Like, you know, sometimes she'd lose a point. You'd expect somebody, when I was 15 and I'm playing with my boys and, you know, they score a goal, you can get so upset or you're watching Manu and 
you know, your emotions are there, but her, she was just like calm, ice cold. And she was able to, like, you know, rec- recover herself and, and carry on playing and even win those matches. So it's crazy, man. Somebody so young to have such composure yes. is just it's unbelievable. That is exceptional. Talent. I think that's the exceptional bit, yeah. So, um, yeah, good luck, Coco. We're rooting for you. Um, yeah. I think we're done for this week. Yes. So um, I think yeah, we've we've talked predictions about for things. Afcon finals. Oh, we haven't done that predictions. Um, again, I told you I was I'm rooting for Nigeria, so I'm hoping they can beat Algeria. Um, however, I think that's a tough ask. I think Algeria more, you know, organized, but of course Nigeria on their day are always very strong. Um, What's his name? Is Mikel even playing for Nigeria? Yes, but he's on the bench. He's Mikel the bench. is now old, so he's a senior. Oh, he's like 32. Well, for, football, for football, for football, 32 for is... For African old, football. Yes. And you know this African player, 32 is 39. He's <laughs> 32. Like Wanyama, Wanyama is 26. Okay, sorry, but he may be 26. Misquoted. I think my uncle said he was in school with Wanyama. Yeah, everybody was in school with Wanyama and he's 26. So I don't know what happens. Is it going backwards or something? So with African players, you have to take that age thing with a bit of a pinch of salt. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm I'm rooting for Nigeria. Um, who, who are you rooting for? Uh, rooting for? Uh, uh, for me, the, the team that wins the Nigeria versus Algeria match will win the final. Oh wow! Yes. True, actually, yeah. Because if, if Tunisia win, we don't. No, win. <laughs> if to, God forbid, <laughs> Tunisia should not win this thing. Any team but Tunisia. <laughs> I hope Senegal really beat them. Then they go to the final. Senegal, uh-huh. frankly, Senegal has a good bunch of players, but I don't think the coach is good enough. Because if you look at Senegal's game, no, he's not good enough. It's just they're a former player. Right? He's a former player. The thing is this: that people complain that Africans we have. We need to have more African coaches. Mm-hmm. But we need to have more African coaches that are technically capable of coaching these players. Remember, mm-hmm. all these players are playing professional football in Europe. They are used to a certain standard, standard level of coaching. So the national team coaches, if they're African, need to be as good mm-hmm. as the European coaches that these players are playing under. So mm-hmm. until we get to that level, there'll always be a problem. Because if you look at Senegal's squad, it's full of stars. Mm-hmm. But they're not playing as a unit. But what I don't like is that um, I don't mind them giving like these um, African players, you know, retired African players, a, a shot and stuff. Because the alternative is they always get some old, you know, European coach, someone you never even heard like of, Sebastian Mini. <laughs> Who's that? And they and they get them to you know and to they're like, paid top dollar. Yeah. No, the thing is we can't even afford to pay them. We don't even pay them most of the time. Yeah, so why would they want to come and coach African teams? Uh, Cameroon had uh, uh, the 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 Dutch quartet. Uh, oh, uh, what's this guy called? Um, Seidert and Seidoff. Seidoff. Yeah, yeah. And frankly, Cameroon played very good football. Yeah. Their game against Nigeria, unfortunately, somebody had to win. Yeah. But yeah. they were playing very good football. I hope Cameroon retains Seidert yeah. and Clivert for another another two or three years. Will will get Cameroon back. Uh, mm. Even to the World Cup, yeah. I mean, these are these are these are these are people who have uh, learned football under, under the the Dutch Ajax system. Yeah. So I'm sure they have, and, and I'm sure they all have too, their so. coaching badges mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I think for Cameroon, getting Clivert and Sidov working with the national team and helping them build their youth squads, 
I think in the long term, even for the youth teams, there will be some benefit. Yeah. And I think African teams need to think that way in terms of not just focusing on the national team, but being able to get a coach who can bring in a system to be able to also develop mm-hmm. the, 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 the youth squads, the under-17, under-21. Yeah. That is a steady pipeline of mm-hmm. quality players for the national team. Yeah. Because that's what happens in most teams. You'll find that like Zambia appears out of the blue with a very good squad, they win AFCON and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing coming in from the from the youth teams to be yeah. able to re- replace. So mm-hmm. the team comes and goes. It's like a flash in the pan kind of like thing. <laughs> well I think yeah, you you've hit a good point there and I and I mean I'd expand on that by saying I think there's a type of I don't know they call it neocolonialism or colonialism that happens in African football. Because you look at the current world champions, France, most of those players are of African origin. Why aren't they playing for, for those other teams? Okay, I know they were born in France. Big debate. France. You had to open that kind of think, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good one because I think you, you look at Nigeria as well. A lot of um, like Nigerian players um, are not even necessarily for, like, you know, born and brought up in Nigeria. Nigeria. You know, they're outside Senegal as well a little bit. Um, although a lot of the, the, the really good ones are cherry-picked by, by France. Um, but yeah, Nigeria is a good example. I Even Iwobi is not typically Nigerian. Yeah, it's yeah, a wonder. You listen to him. He's, he's, a, he's a proper Londoner. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he went to London when he was six years old. Yeah, so he yeah. started his football, schooling and everything in yeah. England. So when he comes back to Nigeria, he's just like, <laughs> I'm Nigerian. But really, he's not... He's not no, but he plays, he plays for Nigeria. He, he has that, for Nigeria. Why, why yeah. can't we get everyone else having that, you know, that heart, that um, passion to play for the, the problem again is this. Most of these players, they look to the African squads, the level of professionalism, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're not paid, they're not treated well. Mm-hmm. So they're like, why don't I save myself the headache and play for, and play for the country yeah. of my birth <laughs> or the, my adopted country? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you'll find that most of these players... Actually, some of them might even have a desire to play for the African country, but if I look at what's happening there, I remember the last time Ghana were here, mm-hmm. uh, was it when uh, Kufo was still in the national team mm-hmm. and they came to play in Kenya mm-hmm. and there was a big riot and stuff. Or even in the World Cup, remember the World Cup 2010, was it in Brazil? when there was, 14, yeah. yeah. Ghana again, players complaining that they don't have pillows in the bedroom, <laughs> in their rooms, you know. It's a bit of a <laughs> Ghana, the national team, they, they are always complaining about something. If it is not pillows, it is allowances. You see, now, if I want to play for Ghana and I can't get pillows, yeah. why do I play for my adopted country and get good quality pillows for me to sleep? You know, it might help my back or something like that. But there's a problem. Oh, boy, but yeah, I think there's something there. We need to, we need to tap into that and, and get, get more, more of our guys playing for our for their country and, and contributing, not, not even just on the playing side, but, you know, all these structural issues, all these, um, what do you call it, management issues. Um, we have a lot of talent out there and even within as well. We just need to be able to harness that. But anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Okay. Um, Today we are in agreement. So. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Anyway, um, thank you everyone for joining us and for listening to us. Um, tune in with us uh, next the next time we're on air, I think the football season is starting very soon, yes. so I think we'll be on the more regularly. The two have started, yes? Yes, yes. yes. The, the US or in Australia, and some <laughs> Australian 
paid some plane with a big banner six times Olympian champion circling round their training field. That was not good. That was just a malicious guy, man. Come on. Ah, that was ridiculous. By the way, uh, I don't think they'll go back to Australia soon. <laughs> but that's football. That's football. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, the the season is kicking off soon, so I think we'll be on a lot more regularly. So so catch us. Uh, next time, uh, this has been Charles Ahenda Bengo. I'm Bruce Olua. This has been the Match Fix. Match Fix.